All right. All right, all right. We're back uh, to discuss more of the hex. Um, and I thought we should start tonight with, um, well, welcoming any and all of our participants, if they want to join here. Um, and of course, I mean you, Ben, how's it going? It's going all right. Good, good. Yeah, and we're um, we're looking at the second of our six um, characters tonight. That's Bryce, the cook. Um, and so, as he's as he becomes the playable character, uh, we find. I think if we haven't found a single coin so far, I think we couldn't miss this one because you said it's it's on his stool as he stands up, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and yeah, I noticed that one. Um, I took it upstairs and I. I put it in with some more that I found by making the bar look like a picture of the bar. Yes. Right? If you take one of those mugs and you set it down next to the barkeep, it um, it makes a little cha-ching and you get some coins that way. Um, took those upstairs, uh, opened up the room there. And do, do you want to, so you said it's a radio. It's, it's not just any radio that's playing in there. It's Jeremiah's room, right? Yes. Yes. So, what do we know about Jeremiah so far? Well, little more than what the radio is suggesting. <laughs> Although, you know, we do have a couple of mysterious characters floating around the periphery whose names we don't know. Um, yes. Most importantly, of course, is our mysterious twinkle-eyed shadowy figure in the, the robes who talked to Super Weasel Kid and laid the flower on uh, Mr. Shrewd's grave. Um, so. <laughs> For all we know, he could be Jeremiah, but Jeremiah could also refer to one of the names of the other characters that we haven't spent a lot of time with. Like, there's a lot of uncertainty there. Indeed. He, he seems to be the janitor, from what I mm -hmm. can gather. Um, based on something that Barkeep says a little bit later, maybe, um, based on what's in his room there, uh, which is like mm -hmm. a mop and some paint cans, it looks like he might be the one who painted the red thumbs down in the in the secret passageway um he's got also a beer barrel or an ale keg or, or something you know kind of there. Mm -hmm. and i couldn't figure out how to interact with it so maybe i just don't have that level of um barkeeping skills i'm, I'm just a, a novice cook maybe at this point or something um but yeah the the main thing in there of course is the radio um mm -hmm. and it sort of repeats uh, an eerie little statement that reminded me of like the shining, you know, like um, Jack uh, all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy yep. or whatever it is. Uh, it's, it's kind of along those lines. Um, something about his stories just beginning. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't remember the, the exact, but that was the sense I got. It was creepy. It was repetitive. It was kind of crazy. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. And is, isn't Jeremiah the one who was in the capsule? Downstairs. Yes, I think when when Weasel Kid saw it, he said that uh, he was glad Jeremiah got out all right. So again, like yeah. we have several references to whoever this character is, shadowy figure or otherwise. Now, I feel like we should note there's not many religious references so far, but this is a potential one and maybe an important one. Um, the Jeremiah character of of the Old Testament is the prophetic lamenter par excellence mm -hmm. right he's the one who yep. says like this is not 
good it's bad and it's it's the worst right it's like um, yeah so i i know you've you've studied this a bit so is, is yeah that i read jeremiah way? earlier this uh, this year actually like i've been sort of doing my own independent bible study on like the end of the world and <laughs> dealing with it um this being sort of the theme for 2020 um but yeah jeremiah is especially famous for being like the pessimistic prophet like isaiah is all about the messiah and he's you know the major prophet when hezekiah is is in charge and hezekiah is like one of the good kings um and then you've got ezekiel with all of his crazy imagery um while he is in babylon but jeremiah is literally the guy watching everything fall apart um and telling everyone that it's going to fall apart um so he is usually known for his pessimism he has his fair share of optimistic moments as well like there's a great scene where he says that like he's gonna buy a field and land value is kind of not great at the moment because you know the like babylonians are at the door and everyone expects to be conquered any day now um but that's his point like he's going to buy a field and he's going to like bury treasure in the field because he knows he's coming back um and it's like this sign that everything is okay um, but of course we know him better for the Lamentations, which he supposedly wrote and, you know, being sort of like locked up by various Kings who did not hear what he wanted to say. Um, to the mm -hmm. point that now you call like a mission of apocalyptic warning, a Jeremiad. Um, right. so yeah, we, we might be getting a, a little biblical reference here to sort of indicate that like the end is coming something bad is about to happen to everyone um yeah. but admittedly yeah. we do have one other biblical reference at this point one of the other characters is very clearly named after a bible character um oh gosh yeah sorry i forgot that yeah right yes yeah, our space marine is the guy who came back from the dead so also a major reference um yeah. But that one, of course, we don't know much about his story at this point, besides the fact that he apparently knows Super Weasel Kid and doesn't want anyone to know that he knows Super Weasel Kid. Um, yes. And if you interrogate him with Bryce, he explains that he's got some, like, alien blood on his yes. Space Marine sleeve. Um, and if you press him on it, apparently Bryce is weirdly knowledgeable about aliens. Um, oh. More so than you would think. Uh, like... Lazarus actually has to explain what kind of alien it was, and while Bryce isn't that familiar, he's... Bryce is definitely intimating in his conversations with the other characters that he's been around the block a few times and knows more than you would think. He... So I noticed the alien, but I don't think I got the full dialogue then about the, the alien, um, you know, race and specifics on that, but... Um... Mm. but I did notice the teleporter. He can, he can mention that the teleporter is something he knows about. Yes, um, and um, and it, it activates it activates by the end of his uh, little memory here, mm -hmm. um, so it's even more convenient than walking across to the elevator to get upstairs. You can just teleport up and down. So that's nice. yep. um, yeah. So of course, you know, I wanted to explore as much as I could with Bryce before um, doing whatever the barkeep told me to do. Um, so <laughs> I did go over and use the elevator. Um, he doesn't seem to know what to make of the capsule downstairs. Um, mm -hmm. He's too, he's too big and burly to fit in the little, yep. uh, the little like uh, side hatches and secret passages that, that you yeah, do. That weasel kid used. 
<laughs> yeah. So that's funny. He's like, maybe some smaller, weaker being could fit in. <laughs> but I, like, way to throw some shade on poor Weasel Kid there, Bryce. <laughs> Come on now. Yeah. No, no. And and Weasel Kid is very kind of down in the dumps um, at this point after his, you know, his his um, nostalgic uh, trip. He's he's not really very communicative. So he, in a way, becomes very similar to the faceless person in the center of the bar, you know, sitting yeah. by himself, looking down, not really responding, um, not really giving much away. Um, well, part of it, too, is like Weasel Kid was very grumpy about going on this epic journey to get the key um, <laughs> and falling through the floor and then giving it back to the, you know, barkeep and saying this better not be the kitchen key and of course it's the kitchen key <laughs> like it's really very mundane and not at all as important or exciting or you know worth getting as all he as all the trouble that weasel kid had to go to to get it yeah it it seems like he feels used almost and, yeah. and in a way he was right um yeah like any like any game character sort of is i guess um so so yeah, he's there. You do have that kind of longer interaction with uh, the Space Marine Lazarus or whatever his real name is, um, but that is a significant name, it seems like. Um, yeah. Again, that's something that every video game character does, right, is die and come back from the dead, and it's not that yep. big deal uh, until you start to think about it, maybe. Um, then um, there's, well, it seems like Bryce was talking to the uh, sorceress over there. Yes. Um, and, uh, and so she... She even seems offended that he would assume she could be the killer at this point. He says something like, yeah. you're not going to do it, are you? And she says, you know, maybe I could ask the same of you or, or something along those lines. So it's yep. it's like there's a little tension there, maybe, possibly. Yeah, but a tension almost informed by familiarity, I think. Like, yeah. they, they know each other from before. Um, so we have a relationship between our characters like the one between Weasel Kid and Lazarus, which we don't know anything about yet. Um, so there's something between Bryce and Chandrell, which of course, you know, his section bears it out. Indeed. Right. So they meet, that was the other religious reference actually I was going to bring up, um, which is the, the night. It, it might be a Pony Island reference too, right? You, you fight at some point, you fight a, a steambot thing, a steamboat mm -hmm. steambot guy. Steamboat Willie. Is modified, yeah. But then he puts on like a skin where he's a knight with a with a crusader uh, mm -hmm. armor and and helmet and stuff. But the same kind of weird, you know, roundhouse attack that it does. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I thought that was interesting. Um, but yeah, of course, you also fight Chandrell. She's called there. It's I guess her first name uh, mm -hmm. when she's in the fighting game. Um, and you are to bring. You're also to bring a pie up to her room. That's sort of like the the fetch quest you're sent on overall um, as Bryce. So yeah, so there's there's something interesting about um, like characters in games um, switching genres that's being mm -hmm. suggested there, right? And I think that the little old man, like the apocalyptic guy, says something to that ex to that as well um if you talk to him but I, i'm not remembering now exactly what he says um but something about being like in the wrong genre or, or something yeah perfect. yeah um yeah and so yeah so the fighting game um is prompted by a a, a similar kind of thing with super weasel kid like it seems like it could have been engineered i guess mm -hmm. um although it's less 
obvious this time. It's not uh, something, you know, not writing on the wall, you know, another right. Bible there potentially. Um, instead, it is a, a, a an act of God, right? Uh, a lightning flashes and some of the roof falls down. Um, you, for some reason, decide that the way to deal with this is to punch it. Um, punch your way through. Right. Um, which I thought was a bit out of character for Bryce, honestly. Mm -hmm. Um, cause he seems very set on not being a fighter. Um, that's what we've seen throughout from him. Right. Um, you know, anyway, so you, you get to do like a kind of lame cooking thing to, to that mm -hmm. point where you, you, um, you, you make a, a, a strawberry pie, um, you to bring it upstairs. I tried burning the pie. Does something happen if you mess up the pie badly enough? I don't think so. Um, you can tinker with the stuff in the room. Like there's a there's an ice pig um, yes. on one of the shelves that you can put it in the oven, and it's got coins in it, so it'll melt, and then you get the coins. Um, but that's like the only really interesting thing that you can do. Like the pie is pretty straightforward. I think if you screw it up, like if you put stuff in the wrong order or something, like if you really, really go out of your way to mess it up, I think there's a way to do it, and he just like does it all over again. But um, yeah, it, it's well, I so straightforward. Like it is not meant to be a challenge. Um, like exactly. the instructions are right there on the wall. You've got all the items ordered one, two, three. Like it's it's very simple. It, it's not meant to be like engaging or really a, a game in its own right. <laughs> Well, this is the thing that I was trying to mess up. Like you told me to break the game, so I tried. I tried. I tried cooking the pie a second time. Once it had come out of the oven, I put it back in, and uh, and showed it to the barkeep, and he said, "That's no good. Throw it away." So I, I did. I put it in the in the trash back there. It looks like there's, you know, in that picture of the barkeep. I don't know if it's changing or if I'm just noticing more. It looks like it's taken from behind the bar and that there's something under the bar with mm -hmm. him, like a, a deformed scary thing uh, with like a mushroom sticking out of it. Um, anyway, uh, you, you sort of, I don't know. I feel like visually what's in the kitchen sort of is a, uh, an analogy for the bars, you know, the bar room itself. Um, you've got that, like, you know, that cooking area, um, and under mm -hmm. it is a is a waste basket, but that's the only interaction I could I could have with it. So I was I was a little disappointed. I I, I guess I couldn't mess up badly enough to uh, to break the game still. Yeah. Um, but don't okay. worry, you'll get your chance. <laughs> I I so anyway, yeah. So you leave the pie, you fight the broken bits of you know ceiling or whatever <laughs> it is. Um, and this is what triggers the the memory sequence this time. Um, as you start punching that, it fades into, uh, again, a, a kind of analogous room, only this is like the training room. Um, but it strikes me that it seems to be Bryce in his sort of present day mind being brought back there in a weird way. He's mm -hmm. like, so what is this place? Like, why, why am I here? So that, that was strange. Um, He's, he's a more introspective character in a way than Super Weasel Kid, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, and in place of a Mr. Shrewd, you have this kind of, um, like a, almost like an agent from the Matrix or something. Uh, <laughs> he does look like that a little bit. A little more blue and, in the skin, but yeah. Yeah. And he's got the shades and he's, um, 
he's like very insistent that you you know punch the dummy that's in the way there. Mm-hmm. um yeah so again i couldn't figure out a way around this um i i i eventually just gave in started punching the dummy um it's reminiscent of um this again goes back to undertale i think there, mm-hmm. if you play that game right there's there's the dummy that you have to fight at one point in undertale um in like a junk heap area um well, we fight back and yeah and and then so this time it's like um he gets so the the trainer guy he gets so excited watching you fight that he can't hold himself back from getting mm-hmm. involved almost um and so he ends up uh, just yeah i don't know i don't think it's possible to win that fight but i, I could be wrong yeah it, it it's not like okay. I, I, and not punch him for a while uh, but that's as as good as you get like the as soon as you as soon as you throw that punch he just lays into you and you cannot block and you cannot like defend yourself it is too fast um he will just end you um but that's also i think kind of the point like your relationship with the trainer guy is very strange you don't trust him you're not supposed to trust him um, like as much as he is sort of your mentor, your trainer in this in this section, which is very much a tutorial. Like this is how you punch. This is how you punch up. This is how you punch down. This is how you dodge. This is how you duck. This is how you um, jump to get out of the way. Like it, it's really straightforward. It's a pretty engaging set of mechanics. Like as far as rudimentary fighting game mechanics go, like they're it's pretty cool. Um, but at the same time, like. He is obviously into the violence, whereas you, sort of being, you know, allied and in the mind of Bryce, are if anything resistant to the idea. You don't want to be a fighter. Like you're, you're a cooking game character. You cook things. You don't fight things. But he goads you into it um, because that's what he wants. Like he is himself keen to fight. Like just looking for an excuse to beat the living daylights out of you. Indeed, yeah, I got that dynamic of trainer of the. It's it's almost uncomfortable, especially given the racial component here. I want to say like that's not emphasized by the game, and um, I don't know how far to take it. But you know, yeah. Bryce is a dark skinned character with cornrows. Um, yep. He is fitting a very stereotypical sort of body type for the like action hero, um, the fighter, you know, character. And he's being uh, really bullied or, you know, bossed around by this, um, yeah, like, you know, a chiseled white dude with shades, um, but but who's like maybe some, some sort of, I don't know, he's like mind controlled or anyway, maybe a little insane also. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it, it was, it was more than just, a normal amount of uncomfortable uh given, yeah. given that dynamic so yeah <laughs> anyway yeah um, i think it is to some degree intentional like I, I doubt if there's a real statement being made there beyond the obvious but you know like the as it is meant to be uncomfortable on multiple levels like no one is supposed to go into this fighting game thinking yeah, now is my chance. I'm going to, like, really show everyone and beat the crap out of everybody. Um, like, even the first few fights, Bryce is very resistant um, to fighting. Like, he 
there's this whole dialogue with the first character where he's like, why don't we just, you know, call it a draw? Like, we, we don't <laughs> have to do this. And the first character's like, no, I must defend the honor of my family. And then you're thrown into the fight. You have no choice. Uh, well, and, again, you know, the second fight is the same way. Like, it's the foul-mouthed alligator. And you're like, can we not fight? And he immediately, like, swears a blue streak at you and says, of course, I'm going to fight you. And it's really tough and very macho. And, you know, it sort of pushes you into the fight so later you sort of become accustomed to it. Like the player themselves is going through the same mental transformation as Bryce does. I thought the, um, the fighting mechanics, yeah, they are kind of interesting. They, Still there? They remind me of those old, um, they remind me of those old, uh, like arcade games where mm -hmm. you can, like push the, the, joystick in different directions to like do different attacks and stuff they're they're very you know street fighter right you have the yeah. high middle and low attack um and you just push back to block right so that's mm -hmm. really reminiscent um yeah the and the things that you're fighting yeah so the first one is like this monk um he does seem to like literally channel or be possessed by depending on how you look at it right the, the ancestor spirits mm -hmm. Um, he has a whole conversation with his grandfather. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Who um who pops out and um like says, like, I'm gonna I'm gonna show you how to do this, like you fool. Um mm -hmm. yeah, and so yeah, I felt bad beating him. I let him beat me a couple times um before mm -hmm. I before I beat him. And um and yeah, and then the alligator uh, again, is like a weird, distorted version of of like some kind of ghetto person, like mm -hmm. very aggressive. Like, um, but also when once he fights for a little bit, he goes to sleep and dreams of his mom. Or, or you know, and yeah. And Bryce has mentioned his grandma at that point. He he sees her picture in his room, I think, and and says, "Oh, Granny." Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. So so in a way, they're both sort of like these weird versions of Bryce that you're fighting against, you know, and, and it, it feels odd to have to beat them up. Um, yeah. Uh, after that is, is the one that comes after that, the steambot Willie. Yep. Then you Willy? have to beat steamboat Willie, steambot Willie. Um, <laughs> and he's got his big like boat shield. So you can only ever hit him from one direction. Um, and then he has his big super ultimate attack where he like charges at you and you have to punch him before he knocks you out. Um, I think it's it's suggested that you have an ultimate attack as well. I yeah. never unlocked it or figured out how to use it uh, if if you do. Um, yeah, you, you have to like, there will be hints throughout the game <laughs> about how exactly Bryce's ultimate works. I think I've done it once or twice. Um, but it, it's well hidden. Okay. Um, and you can obviously get through this section without using it. I did notice Sarsaparilla written in the yes. background of Morgator. <laughs> yep, and like a, yep, a little crate there. Yeah, and a beer, a beer sign of some kind, which could mm -hmm. well say root beer, but it's buried in trash. So, yep. But the, also, the monks are still in the background of all the levels. Like, in the steamboat when it's like a monk floating past on a little raft in the background. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they're all timed to the music too. Like when, when the music spikes, they do their punch and then they like snap back and in their preparatory stance. 
Um, it's so strange. Um, yeah, I didn't know what to make of that. Um, just, yeah, interesting um, how the visuals and the music do kind of stay consistent in, in that way. Um, yeah. Well, so then I get a little fuzzy on it because it, it starts to go pretty thick and fast at that point, right? Um, you you sort of start fighting through a series of like websites uh, with reviews of the game and um, uh, you know, of course, the same kind of stuff with like um, people on Steam talking about the game. Uh, and the and the, yeah. yeah. In, in terms of how characters are unbalanced or like the, critici yeah. the great criticism of the game is that it's not balanced. There's too many OP characters, yep. um, which is so what's, what's the obsession there or what's the, is there a particular referent that Mullins is going for with that one? Um, I don't think it's one particular game, although I honestly suspect that like as much as the street fighter is what we're pulling from, as far as the mechanics are concerned, I would not be surprised if we're making something more along the lines of a, a parallel to like a smash brothers. Um, yeah. one of those games where like, you've got a whole bunch of different characters from a whole bunch of different games. We're sort of just plunked into one place and forced to beat the crap out of each other. Cause you get that sense from Bryce, like in the training room when when you you know when the the game Funa agent beats the tar out of you, like you see in the window um, that Lionel Small has acquired Bryce yeah. from the Cooking Granny series to feature in his fighting game, um, <laughs> which is sort of you know the explanation of why he's here. Like, yeah. Bryce was a cooking game character, and Lionel apparently really liked him, was putting together this fighting game, and wanted Bryce to be in it, so he bought the rights. Um, this character who doesn't belong in this game suddenly shows up, like Mario beating the tar out of Zelda in Super Smash Brothers, or, you know, Kirby punching poor Isabel from Animal, Animal Crossing. Like, <laughs> these are characters from a completely different, like, tone and you know, genre that would never participate in this kind of violence, and now they're forced to. Um, yeah. And I think Mullins is sort of commenting on the sort of monstrousness of that. Like, as much as everybody loves Smash Brothers, like, the spectacle is, you know, magnificent, there is something really kind of wrong <laughs> about these characters that are typically associated with, like, deliberately and intentionally nonviolent games being yeah. brought into a violent game. Um, like, yeah. Mario jumps on people. He doesn't beat people up. Like, Kirby sucks up <laughs> bad guys, and they're all cute, and they're they're not, you know, they're not threatening. And yet, here he is, you know, delivering his giant over-the-top blade slice and, you know, all of this crazy stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. Cutter. I think yeah, Mullins is sort of asking us to think of what the characters would think. Um, how would they feel about that? Because presumably this would not come normally. Yeah. Um, but then we do get those those glimpses of the other websites um, that Bryce has now been introduced to the game, but like the only character he can be is the super underpowered like monk shaman dude with who is possessed by his grandfather. Um, so you get a choice. Like they give you an option, okay. which which power would you like to get to increase Bryce's Bryce's power set? Like, do you want 25% more punching power, or do you want, like, more defense? Um, 
Right. So, right. and then that that's the pattern. Like, you beat Alligator, and it's the same thing. Like, Bryce is still a little weak. You can see him, like, he's now, you know, a little bit stronger, but still really poorly ranked. Um, and that's frequently how these fighting work. Like, if you follow the Smash Brothers meta, you will see that, you know, top-ranking players will use, you know, Pikachu or Fox, Falco or... Um, Captain Falcon, but they will never use like Captain Olimar or Donkey Kong or <laughs> some of the other characters. They're widely considered by the community to be underpowered. Um, but the other danger that we sort of get when we talk to Chandrell when we fight her is if you get too overpowered, the game <laughs> can fix that too. Um, like as much as Bryce is sort of getting all these bonuses and getting all these powers because, you know, he's Lionel's favorite character. Like there's even one where like you're, it says in the little box, like Bryce is probably OP at this point, but he's Lionel's favorite. So he gets another upgrade anyway. Which one do you want? Um, and you just kind of get the sense that like, this is, this is going to break the game too. Um, and all for some, you know, total whim preferential treatment by the developer on this one um fighting games are a complex ecosystem like balance is what's so important and i think that's what mullins is getting at here like it's a really hard thing to keep all the characters in balance to make sure that no one of them is like crazily crazily underpowered breaking the the natural balance of the game um but then you get a you know some out of the game character like Bryce, like you throw everything out the window for the sake of, for the sake of like including this character in your game, um, Darth Vader in your Soul Caliber, or you know Manetta in your Smash Brothers. And yeah, and I guess the um, the connection back to Super Weasel Kid then is is pretty much chronological, I guess, um, where uh, Lionel has become a you know a known developer he's i guess allied with game funa at this point uh and is mm-hmm. developing for them right so i think that even in a few of the the documents that appear in the background we see super weasel kid mentioned maybe a, a few times there too mm-hmm. um, yeah so i did pick up on that one um i thought that the uh the smash brothers thing was was strongly suggested by the hands that you fight Towards the end, um, yeah. When yeah. you fight Sado, <laughs> yeah, yeah Sado the clown. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, that's a fight. Um, Sado's Sado is a character we're going to see again. Um, I think like, she is fascinating. Probably like part of the reason when I when I was thinking we have to play through the hacks was because I wanted to get your take on Sado. Um, okay. She is one of my all-time favorite villains in any video game ever. Um, she's just really creepy and just... This is such a great introduction to her. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, she, she's, she's presented almost as a kind of... Um, again, a, another iteration, a variation on Chandrel. Presented as mm-hmm. a boss fight, um, somebody who's very powerful... But whereas Chandrel actually was like immediately with like um, a, a special like bar of mana of, mm-hmm. above her HP that she used to like shoot um, laser swords at you across the screen, um, the the clown just lets you 
knock her out in one punch, seemingly. Yes. And then the battle actually starts. Her face appears huge in the background. Um, mm-hmm. right, wh- where all that sort of text had been appearing before, right? So she, in some ways, seems to occupy the place of like a flowy, you know, in Undertale or, again, the master yeah. hand in, in Super Smash, this thing that's sort of sort of outside of the game or Hopeless Soul, for that matter, right? Um, mm-hmm. Sort of a, a transcendent figure. And uh, so you fight her hands, you fight the actual, like, um, uh, health bar, like, it becomes... Yeah, a, it swings a, down and attacks you. <laughs> and, uh, and you have to do, like, some uh, three-card Monty with the hats. Yep. They, they go back and forth with the ducky inside of one of them. You have to pick the right but one. But, of course, or... you know, you're trying to keep your eye on them, and then they attack you. <laughs> it's fantastic, yeah. And um, her face... Uh, it looks like she's got almost like a Harlequin kind of look to her, like these little diamonds on her face, but also maybe just, you know, blood or um, face paint or something. Um, so she's mm-hmm. a kind of clown, a kind of magician, um, which again makes me think of the hex, you know, and yep. the exorcism or curse or whatever it is that's that's going down. Um, she uh, seems to be a good candidate for the, practitioner on that um mm-hmm. yeah anyway uh and there's also somebody off screen like pulling people with a with a cane with the hook <laughs> yeah they've got the comedian hook yes <laughs> so when you knock people out they just sort of like slide them off the stage um and is that a person we should rec- it looks kind of like the bartender or somebody in the pictures at the bar maybe i'm not sure maybe this is jeremiah we we don't know like the maybe. one the one hint we get about the sort of construction of the game is that it's the the game funa agent who is saying fight um mm-hmm. because he's he announces that like at the when you know you were fighting the dummy he says it so you know you get the sense that he is the announcer uh, but as far as the other like behind the scenes mechanics of the game you really don't know um, like it, it's actually a like you you can sort of mess around with some of the mechanics in the in this section, but it, it, it takes some doing, um, and is not terribly obvious. Um, but but yeah, like we don't know who's who's carrying them off stage. We do in fact see our mystery figure at the end of this whole section, but he doesn't seem to be like interacting with the actual fighting parts. Um, but it is important to note that like. You know, when you fight Chandrell, she gives you the new mission. Like until right. this point, you're you're very reluctantly fighting your way through all of these enemies. But then Chandrell tells you, um, if you become overpowered, like if you become too strong, then they'll cut you from the game and you can go home. Yes. Um, yes. And then she does. Like she is too overpowered. We get that she disappears. She cuts out of the game, and then we see. Like on the forums, it says that Chandrell has been cut because it's too much to manage with the whole like magic power thing. And now people are trying to like figure out how to dodge the magic as well as learn the basic mechanics. It's it's too much. So Chandrell is out. Um, she she reminded me strongly of um, Undyne. I keep going back to Undertale, I guess, but you know her mm-hmm. attacks they look a lot like Undyne's attack. They they're this kind of blue um, ethereal thing that takes the form of uh, you know, melee weapons, uh, swords in her case, in Undyne's, it's like a spear. Um, but yeah, I, anyway, um, I thought the, uh, 
the 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 portion where you um yeah get your marching orders there it, it is kind of similar to the cat in the first uh in the super weasel kid world um mm -hmm. the cat sort of like yeah telling you like uh, about the game itself right um yep. there is and, a, there is a very clear parallel there between like the cat as you know, mysterious magical being, and now Chandrel as mysterious magical being, yeah. um, sort of giving you your instructions going forward. Yes, and so Sado again, it seems like is along those lines, but yeah, certainly more malignant. Uh, yes, to all appearances. Um, anyway, so then you do get popped out of this game and into the cooking game again. Uh, I don't remember exactly how that transpires, but um, it seems sudden. It seems Bryce's like whole look like he's got some kind of chip in his temple that becomes visible for a while there. Um, yeah, that depends on what upgrades you get. Um, if you go for the double, the like the double multiplier, the combo multiplier bonus, which like is the best one so you'd be crazy yeah. not to he gets the little chip in his head um yeah. and you know each of the upgrades that you pick will affect his appearance um in subtle ways um like if you pick the one that like upgrades his fists he gets like things on his on his fists if you upgrade his his feet he gets stuff on his feet um oh, the cool. chip is for for his combo but you can tell like between that and the fact that, like, during the montage after you fight Chandrel, he gets his tattoos. Like, it, uh, it's a blink and you miss it, but, you know, between one fight and the next, suddenly Bryce's character has adopted the tattoos. Um, I think it's all that much more of an indication of, again, that transformation that Bryce is going through. Initially, completely unwilling to fight, sort of, like, tricked into it by the, the agent who beats the tar out of him then sort of forced gradually to sort of accept and come to terms with this until finally Chandrel explains that the only way out of this is to become the best fighter, at which yes. point he just lets loose um, and discovers that he's actually really good at it. <laughs> yeah. and But of course, then you get to Tocedo and it's a whole other ball game. Yeah, he, he seems to be... Um, Again, moving through an interesting, like, psychological uh, fall. You know, Super Weasel Kids is is pretty obvious and, and literal and has to do with the game itself becoming bad, right? Like, badly yes. made. Um, Bryce's is more, you know, like, almost like a comic book character or something, like, you know, um, the way that his character is developed here. Um, and definitely seems to be some kind of you know uh representation of like the people playing these games you know that that are dealing with all kinds of aggression and um you know feelings of inferiority or you know placelessness you know not not being where they're supposed to be or something like that um yeah it seems strongly suggested here right and that we're like playing out these power fantasies um it's refreshing to have a character who really would rather not, um, but who's kind yeah. of forced into it. But um, I also think that this is a really interesting perversion of that normal, like comic book fantasy. You know, yeah. you know the the whole like 
karate kid. You train until you become the best, and then you can beat up anyone who comes at you. You know, Bryce does that and practically loses sight of who he is in the process. Like, becoming this violent fighter, becoming the best in the game, very much is a sacrifice of his humanity. Um, like we see with the chip in his head, you know, you, th- there's this very obvious like giving in that's happening. Um, and you know, f- even when you're fighting Sado, like one of the things that defines Sado as the strongest character in the game is how she just violates all the rules. Yes. Um, like it's a complete like distortion of everything that you've seen before, and she she can mess with your health bar and like the physical you know, things in the game are manipulated to her will. Um, to, and, you know, she is just malignant. She is just a final boss to be overcome. Good for you for beating her up and, and moving moving past her. Um, but at what cost? Like, who is Bryce now? Is he really the pacifist he was hoping to be? Is he really... Because, I mean, we see him later in, in the, the Six Pine Inn um, you know, he says, I'm not a fighting game character, I'm a cooking game character. Well, no you're not. Like, we watched that happen. You you opted to, you know, punch your way through the debris on the top floor. Is he yeah. basically, you know, faking it? Is he protesting too much? Um, is he in denial about who he's become? Well, and the the really, you know, sad part of it, too, is is at the very end or you get back in the cooking game, you know, at long last uh, it's fast and furious and it, it kind of mimics the fighting game mechanics. Yeah, in a lot of It's ways. the same mechanics. You're still jumping the catch pies or ducking the catch pies and putting them in either the top slot or the middle slot or the bottom slot. Like all the skills you learned as a fighter avail you here, but. And, and granny, uh, you know, is she's just kind of crazy granny throwing pies. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, <laughs> and serving customers, and then and then the game Funa trainer appears, right? Um, yep. Starts punching you. Granny is caught in between, and if you punch back once, right, just like the start yeah. in the training room, you punch back once, and and Granny is is KO'd, right? Um, yeah. Presumably for forever, uh, terminally. Yeah. yeah. It's. And the, the music cuts out. It's like, okay, fun's over. Um, screed fades out. And yeah, it's it's very... You feel very much the opposite of powerful at that moment, exactly. right? Um, which yeah. I think, I think you know, is something that a lot of players can probably relate to, where the very thing that made you so good, right, is has hurt someone else in some way that you didn't intend... Right, but maybe you did kinda, uh, and and you feel you feel all the guilt of that, yeah, uh, that accomplishment, if you like. Uh, yeah, this is what power actually looks like. You know, Brett's been trained to solve his problems by punching, and now this is what happened. Like, good for you, you've become the best fighter. Now all you can do is fight. Um, and Granny, you know, is just a victim at this point, just another thing to punch. Granny is the Mr. Shrewd for this this portion of the game, I feel like. Um, and so she, yeah, she's um, just a painting on the wall or photo on the wall or whatever at this point. Um, and yeah, I I felt like um, 
Bryce is, again, a uh, portion of the game, it, it was longer. I think it took mm -hmm. me longer anyway, or it seemed like it, it seemed like there was more to it um, than, than Super Weasel Kids. Um, but again, I probably didn't even find everything because I didn't manage to crash the game, I don't think. Um, yeah, there, there's it. I think there is a way to crash it. It's tricky, though. Like, I think you actually have to. I don't remember. There's something with. I think you have to fight Alligator. And when you're fighting him, you have to get on the other side. Like, you have to walk past him when he's in his sleeping state. Uh, um, and then you have to let him just punch you. Like, you just have to keep blocking and backing up, and you'll actually back up out of the screen. Um, whoa. Yeah. Um, you'll also notice. There, there was that one like bit in the montage where you, where you fight the rabbit guy, <laughs> um, from oh, yeah. Kid. I picked like, up his boxes for him. I yes, don't know if that's good. that is a good thing. We will, we will need them again later. Um, those are Mister Shrewd's glasses. Oh, yeah, because of, of course Bunny Guy didn't wear glasses, but where's Mister Shrewd? Um, so there is a mystery there to be uncovered. So good, good on you for picking up the glasses. God, I did a good one. Okay, Whew. yeah, I but I I did suspect that there was a way to get through one of these things without actually fighting, but I couldn't um, I couldn't figure it out at mm -hmm. least this time through. So <clears throat> okay, anything else from uh, from Bryce's portion here that we should? I think we mentioned the teleporter, although there's probably yeah. again more to that too. Um, <clears throat> Yeah. Anything else that comes to mind here? Uh, not that I can think of. There's more that will become clear as we go, because a lot of these characters we're going to see again. Um, right. This actually works as like a great, you know, introduction to a lot of stuff that's going to be happening for the rest of the game. Not just Sado, although Sado's is Sado's introduction is dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think like this is. I won't say that it's one of my favorite sections because a lot of them are really good but i do love the pacing in this section it is just so fast and so you know it does take a little longer than weasel kid but like it perfectly mimics the whole karate kid like training sequence and montage but it does such an interesting reversal with it at the end of the day like that's what gets me about bryce's chapter every time um but yeah there the sections will get longer as we go and more um, involved, um, like by contrast to to Bryce and Weasel Kid, pretty sure Chandrell's is significantly longer, and they're only going to get longer from there. Right. Well, of course, that's who we we become next. Um, yes. The uh, the natural sort of uh, sequel to Bryce's uh, is Chandrell's. We we met her in that game. She op'd her way out of it, and um, yep. yeah. So now, so now her thing. Oh, right. Of course, there's the key, which is very conspicuously in the pie you've baked, right? Mm -hmm. um, you've you've put this uh, key encrusted in pie up in Chandrell's room for her, um, as the barkeeper asked you to do. He, the barkeeper, by the way, doesn't seem too concerned about the murder at this point anymore. Yeah, he's very <laughs> like. He seems much more interested in making sure that all of the guests are properly accommodated than what was going on with the murder, like, you know, five minutes ago. Yeah, so that's odd. But anyway, yeah. Um, so, so there Sean is one up other thing I've got to mention. 
I forgot okay. about it. But talking about Shondell reminded me. We have to talk about Carla. <laughs> I don't remember. Wait. Nope. Not not coming to mind. Sorry. That's is this totally fine. Programmer? Carla, Carla is one of the other programmers. She is okay. the only other programmer that has actually had a recurring role at this point. Um, we have, in fact, seen references to Carla, I think, three times now. Um, huh. Carla is the person who has the Steam reviews for Super Weasel Kid, where he's like, we, we love you, Lionel. You're working really hard, and we appreciate what you're doing. Um, so she's, like, Lionel's childhood friend. Um, she's been with him since the beginning. Um, but it's also mentioned just like in passing in a couple of those little um, in a couple of those little news articles that we see throughout this section. Um, Carla is also the programmer who designed Chandrell. Um, mm -hmm. Like Chandrell, when she becomes overpowered, it mentions that like fellow programmer Carla Fifty One um, remarked that it's not that she's overpowered; it's that she's just more complicated than the other characters, like high <laughs> difficulty curve. Um, so this is, she will become more prominent as the game goes on. Um, but it's obvious that like, she's got a role at this point, like whether she was working with Lionel for super weasel kid, it's uncertain. It seems like that was kind of his own project. Um, but at this point it seems that she's part of his studio. Um, and she's sort of operating as like helper and foil, to Lionel as like head of whatever they're doing, um, but Carla is going to be way more obvious and way more important in the next game. Interesting. Okay, so we know about a a shadowy root beer swigging figure whose name escapes me now. Um, who's that? Who's that third programmer we've heard about? The bad one. Oh, uh, which. Oh, from from GameFuna? I'm not sure that we've yeah. got a name for sure, but like okay. the company is still, you know, hanging out in the wings. Okay. So yeah, so we've got we've got the bad ones. Um we've got the innocent one who's sort of gone down the bad road, and it sounds like we've got a more a more complicated um and a female gamer. So again, yes. I feel like this is conspicuous, right? She's the only apparently female playable character so far. Um mm -hmm. so, yeah. So that's of course, uh, gaming as a community, if you can call it that, has an interesting relationship when it comes to gender and sex and all that stuff. So, yes, and I think like you'll notice that again, like Chandrell is the one female character that we've you know played as so far. It would stand to reason that other female characters we run into might also be informed by Carla. Yes. Yes. Well, cool. Okay, so we'll we'll leave it there for now. Um, of course, there's always after hours conversations. If y'all have more questions and things, uh, find us, send them in. Um, love to hear from people. Uh, thanks again, Ben, and uh, yeah, have have a good week here. You too, sir. All right. Uh,